grounded. You are grounded in your humanity. And what we're going to do is not continue absorbing new information in this episode. We're going to review what we have been sitting with and lingering with and integrating all week long if you've been journeying with this sensual gratitude in this first week of Lent. So let's lean into today's review as we tend to what we've been sensing in our humanity from the inside out. Each Sensual Gratitude episode is sponsored by the Five Senses card deck that I created, and it's part of actually the Sabbathing Rhythms collection. And you can actually download it and print the card deck out for free. All you have to do is go to the website, moacmamastudio.com. I always put all the links in the summary and the show notes. But if you want to encounter a grounding unboxing experience, you can order the 7-Set Card Deck in the Soul Care Boutique. And since it's under $10 a set, you can buy one or two as a gift and um, give it to someone and bless them with it. Each deck comes in a gold box and a few other surprises. And so... I want you to just explore more depth in your senses with the Five Senses card deck in the Sabbath and Rhythms collection. All right. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Mohawk Mama Soul. This podcast is especially, essentially for the writing soul. We don't focus on the writing craft. There are plenty of podcasts for that. But here, you are the focus. Your own personhood, not just what you produce. So let's go ahead and get started. So let's get captivated and curious about our five senses. First inner, then outer. The soul touch informs and precedes the skin touch. These ears of our hearts, well, they hear God's voice and vibrations all around. Nourishment activated by tasting and singing that the Lord is good. The fragrant aroma of our prayers dance and strut with lavender. We smell, we see, we taste, we hear, we touch. We are sensing heaven in these earthly bodies. This is embodiment when heaven and earth converge in these bodies in the midst of our humanity, whether in our belovedness or our bewilderment. We get to sense love's presence. So let's allow our five senses to lead us back home in these earthen vessels, personally and collectively. Let's get sensual with our gratitude. Let's do this, Sojourner.
I'm really grateful for those of you who have been here all week during this first Lent week as we have lingered in our chapel time with our sensual gratitude. And for those of you who are just joining for the first time in this episode, I encourage you to go back to the very early part of this week as we entered into sensing the world around us in ways that sometimes can be overlooked. And so I want you to know that since we're not doing a new sense today, we're going to review by way of contemplating some questions. I want you to lay hold of what's really coming to the surface. And so our first question is, what made you think, oh, that smells amazing? At some point this week, when we did our sense of smell, whether it was days gone by or today, and what good do you see in your present life situation? I want you to consider that because remember, our senses are inner and outer. So even when we have impaired vision externally or an impaired sense of smell or even an impairment of hearing or touch or taste, we have an inner soul connection with the Creator. And so we're not left without. We get to reimagine and engage in ways that call us to become curious and creative. All right, our next question. What sound did you experience earlier this week or even today that could have easily been overlooked? And then I want you to consider what did you touch or what did you taste that touched you deeply? It got you really connecting your purpose with that touch or that taste. Now what we're going to do, since this is an experiment, I'm going to bring some clips in from this week, from each sense, just highlights, and weave them into our episode today. And then I want to just invite you to make sure that you give yourself the kind of presence and permission to give to yourself as much as you give of yourself and embrace your unique embodiment in all of the ways that you sense your humanity and make space for that and sense the humanity of others and make space for that as well. All right, let's listen to some of this week's highlights.
here's what I saw. And I did write it down in my journal. I see today's need to stretch out my legs after awakening as an invitation to receive generously from love's outstretched arms. I'm worthy. What was your invitation into sensual gratitude, beloved? What captivated you in the very ordinary, mundane aspect of sensing love's presence? What did you see? Who did you see? My desire is that our gratitude will absolutely become more than what we have ever imagined it to be. May we become gratitude conduits because we are trustees of the gifts of grace which actually cause us to be propelled and compelled by giving thanks as a lifestyle, not just as an utterance. But first we have to notice it in order to nurture it and then to embody it. So I'm curious, before we go on to our taste review, I want to know who or what stretched you, Sojourner? The lemon in my water brought me home to zest, my zest. I am nourished. And I want you to consider whatever the taste that you meditated upon that drew your senses into imaginative delight or even a disturbance, I want you to have a judgment-free zone right now. And I want to draw you into zest. Whatever it is that you tasted, I want you to also consider that taste, whether it was something sweet or tart, whether it was something of a temperature, hot, cold, lukewarm, whatever it was, I want you to consider that as I draw you into this thought about your zest, your spice. Are you adding your zest? It's a boundless zest. Are you doing the least with your zest because you think that Or maybe you've heard that you're a little bit too spicy, too zesty, too much flavor, whatever that gets translated as. Too much of you is too much for some people to to handle. Or maybe you are using your zest and you are delighting in it. It's invigorating you. You're enjoying your zest for life, in life, and the fact that you get to flavor the things that you do on your own terms 
and not dictated by someone else, whether individuals or institutions or ideologies. But for you to be bold enough to either start adding your zest or to continue adding your zest means that wherever there is flavorlessness, your flavor may wake up palates that have been deadened for so long they don't know how to handle that kind of spice. And that is not your burden. And so your sense of purpose is tied to your zest. So where did you add your zest? Where did you creatively add it? And where did you courageously add it? And the reason why I make a distinction is because, as I have said many times, sometimes we're doing a courageous thing. We're doing it with the whole heart in light of our insecurities and the fears and the desire to go into self-preservation, but we do it because there's something that transcends. It breaks our trance from focusing on us and our image management to focusing on legacy, our legacy of being loved and from being loved, daring to love courageously with our whole heart as best as we can. And sometimes we're doing it creatively. There is no insecurity in that space. There's nothing that is calling us to face a fear. It's just all out the bliss of being able to get into our artful life and let it flow. So where was the zest added? And was it a courageous addition? Or was it a creative? Or was it a little bit of both? Because it's not a either or, it's a both and sometimes, right? Sometimes there's an inhibition, but yet there's this absolute exhilaration. And we just have to make sure that we are contemplating what lies underneath and sorting through it by paying close attention. And that, of course, is what we call a mindful life where we can rid ourselves from that propensity to judge and instead sort through what's there and understand from a proper interpretation our course of action and our course of being from what we deeply value and how we will deeply make space to honor that which we value. All right, let's go to our next highlight. Our limbic system is what we talked about with our sense of smell. Smelling eucalyptus opens my whole being from my mental energy to my immune system. I'm grounded. And I don't know how many of you are into essential oils, but I am deeply into 
essential oils and herbs. It's part of my ancestral inheritance. <sighs> my grandmother, my great-grandmother, we, they were all healers. Many of them from the South are healers. And so I continue to carry on that healing tradition. And eucalyptus is one of my favorites because it's antifungal, antibacterial. It's just a lot of anti. And so it helps to truly help bring about a, a healing to my immune system. And it's just great for morning alertness and, of course, opening up congestion and sinuses, which lately I've been having some issues with. Hmm. I just pause to smell. It's okay to have space where there's no talking. You know, one of the things I want to walk you through is the pastoral comfort and counsel that allows us to, to look a little closer at how we can be more compassionate with ourselves because our thoughts can cause a torrent of changes in our bodies right down to our genes. And it can either hurt or help our limbic system. And so there are three generative practices that I want to give you pastoral care and comfort and counsel in that will help to calm your limbic system. Number one, I want you to make sure that you have a support system as you do these things. It can be, of course, in addition to you, because you are your biggest supporter. Never bypass that. It could be one other person. And you can walk through your heaving heart and its thoughts with someone who welcomes you into radical hospitality where you can be yourself. Feel the feelings and process through them. Notice and get curious about the thoughts your body is reacting to. And you can practice contemplative meditation and engage in paying close attention without judgment, known as mindfulness, which is a byproduct. It's not merely a practice. But sometimes in those contemplative places, we find ourselves dealing with trauma, and that's why the support system comes in handy. I also want you to surround yourself with great smells because your limbic system processes your sense of smell that we've been talking about. And smells cause your brain to produce neurochemicals and hormones that balance and regulate our systems. So pleasing smells affect your brain and moods, well, <laughs> pleasantly. So the opposite is true. Smells that are not pleasing. Smells that you've associated with trauma, with displeasure. And so one of the things you can do, you're empowered to diffuse essential oils, burn your um, incense sticks, your incense cones, spray, anoint yourself with scented, non-toxic materials or non-toxic um, items that you enjoy anointing your body with and savoring 
the smell even of your favorite hot beverage. But whatever you do, surround yourself with great smells. All day long I burn my candles. Um, For me, incense are a little bit intense, and so I tend to get overwhelmed with incense. Um, But you find what works for you, and you move stress from your body. That's what you do. It's going to come. But we get to move it from our body through physical movement, any movement, rocking, tapping, swaying, singing, or humming can be very healing to your brain and your limbic system. And so what I want you to do is remember that in our freedom, we also are free to go back and reclaim what was taken And it's not a blame or shame game. It's a retrieval. I'm taking back what's mine. It reminds me of the song by Ty Tribbett. I want it all back. I better not sing any more of that because, you know, it's copywritten. But you hear me. All of it. Give me my stuff back. I want it all. So what smell helped you tend to your limbic system? Helped you cherish and honor your limbic system? And I'm curious, did you go and listen to the song by Ty Tribbett, I Want It All Back? If you didn't, I'm going to link it in today's podcast summary notes. did you document your touch experience? Did you have pen and paper and a journal or a notebook? Was it done digitally? Or was it just an inner contemplation where you wrote your thoughts upon your heart? No matter how you went about doing it, what did you record? What did you document? What I documented was that I touched my tummy to caress my womb. She's one of a kind. She cannot be compared to others. I trust my womb to God's compassion. I gently stroke my pelvis and hips to thank them for always supporting my stride and strut as I spread open my life to divine blessings of pleasure. That doesn't mean that I have not known displeasure around the narrative of my womb. Currently, I'm going through menopause. But what I want us to really do is go beyond just the mere experiences that we're having in these bodies, but to allow them to be symbols, reminders, imprints, of divinity. You know, I like to call the pelvis a basin of abundance. Our pelvises support the intestines that sit upon 
her. Our pelvises are basins that allow for our wombs to have a home. We are walking divine imprints and reminders of what's holy. Did you pay attention to the story around your womb? Did you touch your tummy free of judgment, knowing that your womb is connected to the compassion of God? That there is a a direct relationship between the word womb in Hebrew and the word compassion in Hebrew. Go deeper in the episode where we deal with our sense of touch and womb. So no matter what the story is around our wombs, whether we're bearing children or we are bearing the weight of barrenness, we get to hear the beloved invite us into spaces of compassion to reimagine and reorient the story that we're believing about ourselves, about our womb, about our legacy, about God's legacy through us. The stirring sound of leaves attuned me to the stirring sound in my heart where there's a wisp of God's spirit moving things within me. I am accompanied we don't hear the wind until it actually hits an object. And all the wind that we've been listening to today on my walk, all the wind that I've been hearing is evidence that it has made contact with a tangible thing, a tangible someone So may we remember when we hear the spirit, the feminine expression of God, when we attune to the spirit's voice in the stirring of the leaves, in the rustling of the wind, in the singing of the wind, or the howling of the wind, the hovering of the wind, we have made contact. Or shall I say, the Spirit has made contact with us and is letting us know. So may whatever birthplace is calling us forth in the beginning stages of things, may it start with the sound of the voice of God 
and the most unlikely things leaves stirring all about in the gutters all about on the sidewalks all about in that pile in your backyard or your front yard or your neighbor's yard on the streets the parking lot may the stirring of leaves and the sound they make when the wind, the spirit, the breath of God blows upon them, remind us that we are stirring. Before we conclude our time, make sure that you screenshot this episode because I know that there's someone that is stirring inside you to share this with. And so I want you to share it with them and invite them into the swaddling sounds of today as we continue to walk out our freedom that is ours by our birthright. This is our inheritance. This is our inheritance that we would hear and know the voice of God and begin to trust the voice of God as revealed in the mundane of life So what stirred in you? What sound stirred deeply within you? And what sound did you align yourself with in that stirring? Please do me a favor and go and review the podcast and share with the world what difference it is making in your life. Share with Mom's podcast with your friends. Jesus is always with your heart. And you love you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, are you still there? Well, since we started out with this being our first week of Lent, I wanted to also include a Lent bonus. And it's an excerpt from the e-devotion on my blog. And if you've already leaned into it, then I want to ask you a question. What does it look like for you to fast from going fast? It'll be unique for each of us. And so, I want you to listen in closely, maybe for the first time or maybe for the umpteenth time, if you've listened to the episode previously, where I spotlighted the Lenten e-devotion. Lean in and consider what does it look like to decelerate your own humanity long enough for you to catch up with you and savor the life that you've been given, even in the midst of where we are in our current historical period of time. We dare to be a people shaped 
by what we hope for. Because what we hope for shapes what we live for. I want to include in today's bonus an excerpt from the e-devotion on the blog post that starts us off today. Together, let's bless, breathe, and relax as we choose to fast from going fast. Bless your wilderness discernment. The presence of the beloved walks with us in the wilderness. Oftentimes, he carries us. The wilderness is not necessarily about hardship. It's a womb of grace that gets us away from all the noise and gets our undivided attention. All right. Thank you and shalom for real this time.